in the shower, car, or on the can. As moms, we all know those are about the only times in a day where we are alone and sane, if we're lucky. That's why we created Mom Goal, a weekly podcast designed to give moms all they need to know to become moguls in 15 minutes or less. So lather up, turn up the volume, or stay secretly hiding in peace on the pot a bit longer. Let's go. All right, Mongols, time to talk five minutes of physical knowledge this month. And in honor of breast cancer awareness, we are going to talk about how to do a self-exam. Now, Kristen, this topic is near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2007. So this is definitely near and dear to my heart. My mom is a cancer survivor. She's cancer free right now. And it's just a scary thing for anybody to go through. My mom is a warrior and I love her and I'm so proud of her. And that's why I think it's so important to share this information with you mom girls out there. I know we talked about this a lot last year too, but breast cancer awareness is super important, especially for the month of October. This is super important for all of us to check our lemons. And these tips come courtesy of the Cleveland Clinic. So I know it's gonna be a little daunting to listen to all of them, but they're super important. So listen in and go home and check those lemons. And they're life-saving, right? Life-saving, let's take, life-saving, let's get started. I'm going to take you through the first step and then Raquel is going to take you through the second step. So the first step is what we call a visual inspection. So this is when, you know, your shirt and bra are removed. You're standing in front of the mirror. Just put your arms down by your sides and look for any changes in your breast shape, swelling, any dimpling in the skin or any changes in the nipples. Okay. Then you're going to raise your arms overhead. Uh, Raquel and I are both kind of like doing this. I know it's a podcast, but you're going <laughs> to look for the same thing. So put your hands on your hips, flex your chest muscles. And again, just look for any changes. Look at both breasts in the mirror and see if you notice anything that might look slightly off or different. And so after you visually inspected yourself, next you're going to manually inspect yourself. So with shirt and bra removed, use your right hand to touch your left breast. You're crossing your body and then vice versa on the other side. With your three middle fingers, you're going to press on every part of one breast and you're gonna use light, medium and firm pressure. You're feeling for any lumps, thick spots or changes. Then you're gonna go in a circular pattern and you gotta make sure you hit every spot. Press under the tissue, even of the underarm. I had a friend who had cancer up under his arm. So be sure to check there and to check under the areola. Then you're gonna to wanna to squeeze your nipple gently to check for discharge. So repeat these steps on both the left and right side. Okay, and lastly, you're going to manually inspect while lying down. Important to also check while you're lying down because that's when your breast tissue spreads more evenly. So this is a really good position to kind of feel for any changes. Um, and so what you wanna do is you wanna lie down and put a pillow under your right shoulder, place your right arm behind your head, using your left hand, apply the same technique that Raquel mentioned in step two, you know, using the pads of your fingers, press all parts of the breast tissue, and especially under your arm, and then swap the pillow on the other side and check the other breast and armpit as well. Be sure to check under the areola and then squeeze the nipple again to check for any discharge. 
So you guys, you're going to visually check yourself, manually check yourself, standing up and then do it lying down. Do it the day after your period. You know, when you're celebrating that it's over, also celebrate by um, giving those lemons a little look at, all right? This is a cause near and dear to Kristen. Also uh, my best friend's sister, Meredith, she did a, a self-exam and found a lump in her breast at a very young age, in her 30s. So it can happen to you guys. And so just be proactive and take charge of your own health. Meredith has started pinklemonadestand.org that you can donate to this month by one of her super cute pink sweaters and get resources there. So, and honestly, check your gut too. If your yeah. gut is saying something's off, right? Yeah. Follow that gut. All right, Mongols, check those lemons. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. It's time for five minutes of finance. And for this month, we are continuing our stock combo. But this time, we're talking cryptocurrency with another industry expert who is breaking glass ceilings everywhere she goes. She's a fearless mom of two, trained pilot. Isn't that crazy? Pastry yeah. value investor, published author on hashtag FMJ, trust, transition, trade, and a day trader. I mean, the list goes on. There is nothing this woman can't do. Mongols, please welcome Jane Galena, AKA Eric Plain Jane to the show. Welcome Jane, hello. Yay. Thank you ladies, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here and to share my experience with everyone. Oh my gosh, Jane, we are so excited you are here. Thank you so much. We have so much to learn. So let's just go and dive right in. What is the first thing you recommend for moms who are interested in investing in crypto and stocks? First off, I would say you need to start off with education. Most important is to break through a that mental thought process. This is what men do because the computer, the stock market, the crypto market does not care whether you are male or female. It is the trader against the market, right? And in the next segment, we're gonna talk about the dark pools, which is awesome. But number one, you've gotta understand what you're trading. What is a stock? How did it come about? What is the level two? How do you function with the software of a broker? These are all parts of the process to be successful. Like if somebody wanted to go out and be a brain surgeon, that first day of medical school, they're not gonna go and operate. You have to go through the practical experience, paper trading, that would be that residency to get your feet wet with it, understand the speed of the market, the speed of cryptos and know what you're doing so that you are prepared once you're putting your hard earned money into it. So I'm a big advocate of starting off with education. They say 92% of traders lose probably because those 92% did nothing except for open up an account and start trading. That is the big buzzword going around right now, crypto. Jane, what the heck is it? And how do Mongols start dabbling in it after they've educated themselves? Yes, for sure. What you want to do is you want to make sure, A, that you understand what you're getting into. So cryptos are going to be a form of a type of digital currency, but it's on the blockchain. We already have digital currencies that are the US dollar, the euro, everything imaginable using PayPal. So we are already in that digital world of currency. And this is that next step of progressing forward with a more secure network. We've seen amazing amount of hacking going on this year in 2021. 
So even though the banks don't tell you, they still get hacked and your information still gets out there. So crypto is a more secure way to handle your money and it puts it in your hands instead of the hands of the bank. Interesting, interesting. And in the whole big scheme of things, I know next week it's really exciting what we're getting into, but what really changed investing for you when you came across the overview of the big banks and the money? So tell us about the game changer for you. I first started off scalping, being a penny stock trader, and then slowly but surely I saw the risk management aspect of that was the number of shares that I had to have to trade penny stocks. The risk was too high, I didn't like it, so I went to large caps. And then I ventured on to write my book because I thought, you know what, I wanna learn about trading from other female traders. And that's when I met uh, Stephanie Cameraman, who's been trading for 27 years, and she works all around the dark pools. So it piqued my interest. And that's where the really big guys hide all their trades. Ooh, Ooh, the dark pools. The dark pools. And mom will stick <laughs> around next week because Airplane Jane, Jane Galena, is going to dive into those dark pools and tell us all about them. Stick around next week. Thanks, Jane. Bye. Mommy. Mommy. <sighs> yes, that mom, mom, mom intro is perfect for our new October guest. It's time for five minutes of emotional expertise with co-hosts of the Not Your Mother's podcast, and founders of the parenting program, Raising Children You Like. Sana and Veronica, both moms themselves, who are parenting coaches that have a simple mission, to help parents deepen the connection to their children by understanding their underlying needs and healing their old wounds in the process. Sign us up. Welcome, ladies. Welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's so nice to meet you both. And this topic I am all ears for, let's just dive right in, is how to handle those tantrums. And let's just start first with exactly what a tantrum is. Well, I mean, you guys all probably are very familiar. It's that moment of dysregulation, whether your child is upset because they didn't get something. Or usually what I want to go into is just that the underlying unmet need. So when a child has an underlying unmet need, it shows up in dysregulated behavior and it happens all day and it's very normal and they are easily can go from dysregulation back to regulation. And so our job is to just stay consistent with them and to meet those underlying needs and identify what those underlying needs are. Because often we think like, oh my gosh, it's not that big a deal. Like here's the blue bowl. Why are you crying about it? Or the banana broke. We're like, okay, but what is actually, what is their real need here behind this? And how can I help fill that bucket for them so that that's not being exacerbated here? And we can go more into that, but that's really, you know, the, the key. That makes sense. The underlying needs. So when they're crying about the blue bowl, what is, what would you say <laughs> the underlying need of not getting the blue bowl? There's a few things that we say. We say the ladder of needs. So there you go through like seven different, are they hungry? Are they tired? Are they needing extra connection? Do they need some sense of independence and control? Did I give them enough choices? Are they just battling me on this because they really need a sense of control right now? And I can say, oh, you can have the blue one or the green one, done. Then they're like, yay, I have some control again. Or is it that, oh, you've just been rushing through the morning and they are feeling kind of lost in the shuffle and they need this moment of connection. Is it connection that they're missing? And so it's not always an answer like, I can tell you the blue bowl means this. You have to attune to your child and kind of look at what happened before and what's happening right now and what might be creating this. It's a process. 
but it's part of like the parenting process that we start trying on and doing in our daily life of like, okay, what's the ladder of needs? Let me quickly go through what's actually happening for my child right now. Yeah. And so when you do that in real time, I mean, there are seven rungs on the ladder and it seems like in the beginning when it's a new muscle that you're exercising, because now in today's world, like, especially if you're on Instagram, which is where our our main demographic is, it's like everyone is giving tips. Everyone is telling you if you do this, then you do that. If they say this, then you say that. And it keeps the parents away from their intuition of actually seeing the child for who they are. And so we developed the ladder of needs to remind parents that the answers are, are within you and you know your child best. And it's when you start attuning and really seeing what they're going through that's what actually minimizes the tantrums not these like perfect little sentences with you know cute little bow and then sprinkles all over it like that's not what stops tantrums what stops them is the parent-child connection and that's what we really emphasize in anything that we do in any of our work at raising children you like i like that because i've done that before where i've like follow instagram and i'll screenshot things and then i'll be like okay, what do I do now? And then I'll hold my phone, hold on a second. And then instead of doing this, say this, and then, and it's just lost upon them because <laughs> I just panic. And I'm like, well, what do I say to help the situation? It's like, um, you don't even mean it, right? You're just like, well, they told me to say this. It's supposed to work. Like now you're supposed to be not crying anymore. Like the tantrum is gone, you know? And it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, the thing also that we tend to forget is that this is a relationship with another human being. This isn't a controlling relationship where they listen to what our wishes and our demands. It's like, we also need our listening ears on, you know, you're not just the speaker. You're not just the teacher in this relationship. I love that. We need our listening ears too. <laughs> you're, you're so right. I know you both have two girls. I have two girls as well. And I've really had to work on, okay, what works with Rin doesn't work with them. Mm, They're right. two different humans. And so I need to connect or talk or discipline in different ways because it's not one size fits all. And it's right. such a relief when you find that out. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's why it's not working. Like these scripts are great as an infrastructure, as kind of like a place to start it's a nice like framework but you have to really tune in and it's it's kind of a relief to know that you're not doing it wrong what we really need to do is tune into ourselves here and to our child yeah and all you really need to do is remember these three things to do is say what you see make sure like that that they see and validate so you connect with them you set the expectation of what you expect from them and then you set them up for success by trying again. So say like, okay, you, you know, you you had your you, your hands are not for hitting, they're for high fives and hugs. So why don't we try again? And so then, and then you just set them up for success and then let them practice that. And then you also practice that during the day when they are regulated. You set them up for success by just practicing when you both are happy. So then when they are dysregulated, when you say that, they're like, oh yeah, I remember that because I learned that when I was happy. That makes total sense. There's so much, I know tantrums like rock our world. You guys have a workshop specifically for this. Tell us about this workshop. Yeah, so we do have a workshop. It's a part of our big course. It's an all-encompassing course. It covers everything that you ever really need to know about toddler years and being a parent within that. And we've broken it down into bite-sized pieces so you can get just the toddler tantrum workshop part. And it covers the ladder of needs. It talks about the tips that we've talked about here. And it really gets into the nitty gritty of how to say this narration. How do you reframe it? It gives you a ton of tantrum tools 
to use in the moment and strengthen with your partner so you guys can attune to your child. What's great is it it, it comes with accompanying uh, worksheets to reflect so you really can get it into your body. And so what we say is like watch a video, do the worksheet and then implement it. It's really putting it into practice. And when we say toddlers, we mean children one through six. We know we got some five and six year olds. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys stick around next week. Discipline without yelling. It can be done. All right, see you guys next week. Bye. All right, mom goals. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening. Want more mom goal? Follow us on Instagram at mom goal. And don't forget to leave us a review.